Welcome to episode 170 of the Steptoe Cyber Law Podcast, brought to you by Steptoe and Johnson. Thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, we're lawyers talking about technology, security, privacy, and government. Uh, we don't have an interview uh, this week, so it'll be a short news roundup. Uh, uh, I'm joined by Michael Vadis, formerly with the FBI and the Justice Department, now a partner in our New York office, uh, and by Anthony Rappa, uh, uh, who's in our International Regulation and Compliance Group, and I'm Stuart Baker, formerly with the NSA and DHS, and holding the record for returning to Steptoe to practice law more times than any other lawyer. Let's jump right in. Um, uh, I actually think the most interesting news of the week might be the fact that the Senate, by, you know, 98 to 2, adopted sanctions against Russia um, for interfering with uh, our election. Uh, uh, and the press coverage is, oh, this is a big deal because it locks in Obama's um, uh, uh, sanctions and makes it hard for President Trump to undo them, including the uh, the, the little uh, uh, outholdings that uh, uh, I think they used for intelligence, uh, uh, you know, Russian intelligence uh, vacations, dachas in the countryside. Um, it, but I gather it's actually a little bit more than that, isn't it, Anthony? Right. So uh, the sanctions that are provided for in the bill actually go far beyond that. And, um, you know, no one really saw this coming. It came about pretty quickly, uh, tacked on to an Iran sanctions bill. The sanctions in this bill target the Russian energy industry, I would say, pretty harshly. Uh, and when I say that it targets that industry, uh, not only in terms of restricting what U.S. companies can do, but targeting non-U.S. companies making investments in the Russian energy industry. For example, uh, if a European and a European company were to make a multi-million dollar investment in certain sectors of the Russian energy industry, completely unaffiliated with the United States, that European company could be then subject to U.S. sanctions, just as one example. So the bill, uh, <clears throat> as Stewart mentions, uh, kind of freezes into law the sanctions that President Obama passed. It uh, provides for congressional review of any measure that President Trump takes to lift or terminate those sanctions, but then goes far, far beyond that, targeting the Russian energy industry, targeting acts of Russian corruption, targeting Russian human rights abuses, Russian involvement in Syria, and any companies or banks that are involved in supporting that activity related to Syria. Uh, it codifies into law the cyber sanctions right. that we passed and even expands them to target any person that acts on behalf of the Russian government in committing any act of cybersecurity, a threat to cybersecurity anywhere in the world. So this is a, it's an ambitious bill and it would uh, send a shock wave if it were enacted into law. Boy, Vladimir Putin is, he must be so happy he invested heavily in, uh, defeating Hillary Clinton. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the, what's the dynamic in the Senate? How do you get, not, you know, two dissenters? I think the two dissenters were Bernie Sanders and, uh, Ron, uh, Rand Paul, my two favorite senators. Uh, uh, and, uh, uh, 
how did everybody else just jump on board this? Well, it turns out that there are far more Russia hawks than anyone ever anticipated. Now, it's probably not surprising that at this point, Democrats are almost unanimously uh, hawkish on Russia at this point. Uh, of course, senators like John McCain, Lindsey Graham, right. uh, very, very hawkish on Russia. But um, this turned out to be a surprisingly easy sell uh, in the Senate last week. Now, where did it come from? Where did all that language? I mean, that language just doesn't pop up on the floor. Somebody worked it. So this originated in a Russia sanctions bill that had been proposed in January. Now, um, I couldn't tell you who introduced it, actually, but it was introduced in January, and the feeling at the time was that someone was just sending up a flare, and it was just some tough language that was going to float around the Senate for a while and get watered down and not get passed. Um, What I really think surprised a lot of observers is that everyone jumped on board this thing at the last minute. Uh, and they had the perfect vehicle to do it because there was an Iran sanctions bill that was being ah, uh, okay. debated last It was, it was week. moving, and, and so they just uh, stuck it on. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And it's it's if you're a Republican, you want to show that you are tough on the underlying sovereignty issue because it separates you from – the president's travails with many of them of his own making uh, uh, over the collusion issue and the obstruction issue and the Comey issues, all of that, you you say, well, I'm not taking a position on that, but I absolutely abhor what the Russians tried to do. Now, if you're a Senate Republican, yes. If you're a House Republican, I'm not sure that there's that sort of unanimity, even on the Sovereignty issue, I think, where there continues to be some pushback in the House on the question of the extent of Russian collusion right. uh, with the campaign. So, so where does where does it, where does it, this goes to the House? The House hasn't done anything, so they have to adopt something. Presumably, the administration is unenthusiastic about a massively uh, uh, aggressive uh, uh, set of sanctions uh, and the business community and, um, and and all the people who invest in um, Russian energy while condemning uh, uh, Vladimir Putin and, and Donald Trump equally uh, are going to come over here and say, well, you can't do this. This is a violation of our sovereignty. So Speaker Ryan's got a full plate right. when it comes to this one because uh, Speaker Ryan is going to have to deal with, first of all, uh, pushback related to um, folks who were going to be directly impacted by this. Um, the U.S. energy industry, for starters, uh, our allies have voiced concerns over this. Uh, the German government, among them, um, has expressed reservations about this law. Um, Speaker Ryan also has to consider... Uh, the political aspect where he may be disinclined to put such an aggressive Russian sanction, Russia sanctions bill on the president's desk where he might be in a position to veto it and could look bad in doing so. Oh, he'd look terrible if he vetoed it. Right. right. And he, so he'd look pretty bad vetoing it and would sort of confirm <laughs> a lot of the um, stories that have been out there. Um, now, I, I think you may have mes- mentioned Secretary Tillerson has oh, yeah. already gotten out in front of this and said that the administration – it wasn't a veto threat, 
but he signaled that the administration does not view this as a constructive bill, uh, to put it charitably. And if, if push came to shove, a veto would look really bad, but one wonders if, if our allies continue voicing opposition to this, would that give the administration sufficient cover to veto the bill? We'll, we'll see. Yeah, well, that, uh, that's going to be uh, fascinating to watch. Although, you know, it, the smart money would suggest that um, Tillerson and uh, people who don't have the, uh, the president's problems on uh, Russia uh, will work the House and then work the conference uh, in the hopes of avoiding a veto. And it probably is the case that... Uh, uh, no one in the Republican majority really wants to put the president in a position where he will be tempted to veto this. Right. So, so what observers expect, and that really has to be taken with a grain of salt. Yes, yeah, since, since these are the people who said, uh, oh yeah, that's just, uh, for show. We're, we're, we're at a point now where, uh, I, what the observers expect, you could almost trust not to happen, but, uh, what, what observers expect is that, this is going to take a period of months. If we see anything on it, it won't be until closer to the end of the year. And that if something does reach the president's desk, it will be a significantly watered down version of this bill. But probably, probably preserving at least the provisions that deal with codifying the sanctions. Oh, at least. Yes. And, and tying the president's hands in terms of lifting the existing sanctions. Oh, I, that, that, I think that's table stakes. Uh, the question is whether they go after the energy industry or whether they go after our allies. Uh, our, uh, I put that in quotes, uh, since uh, they would like to be able to have their own set of sanctions. But, you know, actually, uh, thinking about this, if you're Angela Merkel um, and there's a sanction on... Hungarian or Greek firms that uh, invest in the Russian uh, uh, energy sector, you know, that actually helps to keep uh, the EU more or less aligned because uh, they, they don't get a big benefit out of breaking the sanctions. Right. So there are a lot of factors yeah. in play and um, you can you can see an Angela Merkel or another European leader starting to run these types of calculations. Fun. Okay. Thank you, Anthony. That's, uh, that's exciting. The other, uh, um, uh, kind of guaranteed legislative action that we, uh, saw some developments in the guaranteed action this year is 702. And there were some stories that said, uh, uh, okay, that, uh, and, and those of you who were listening last, uh, Week, re- remember that Ben Wittes and I had a, uh, uh, discussion about whether, um, the uh, uh, Republican right uh, Freedom Caucus would cause problems for uh, 702. And the stories this week say, yes, they intend to. Uh, uh, Michael, what is the Freedom Caucus's objection? Well, they're concerned with the ability of the U.S. government to get access to uh, Americans' communications. Uh, but beyond that, uh, they haven't really specified what changes they would want in 702. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's hard to tell. It's, it's hard for the government to, to figure out, okay, what, what, what's on the table to negotiate? You know, maybe they're making their, their demands clearer behind the scenes, but I tend to doubt it. No, I, 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 I th- this is their, this is the Freedom Caucus's 
statement released as though it told us something. Um, a government surveillance activities under the FISA Amendments Act have violated Americans' constitutionally protected rights. We oppose any reauthorization of the FISA Amendments Act that does not include substantial reforms to the government's collection and use of Americans' data. So I read that as we're against it and we want something. Uh, and later we'll declare victory if we get something. Uh, you know, maybe they're they're outsourcing uh, the reforms to EFF and, and other like-minded <laughs> groups to do the heavy lifting. This is, you know, this is, as with the Russia sanctions issue, you, this is one that makes strange bedfellows. Yeah, well, they've been, you know, look, they've been in bed together since 1998, so it's not that strange anymore. It's 20 years of uh, uh, left-right uh, libertarian uh, attacks on the intelligence community and on the collection of data. Um, uh, but I, I, I agree that, uh, you know, uh, this may make Ben Wittes a little more likely to turn out right. He thinks this is going to be a giant mess. At the, uh, but it's still a possibility that I will turn out to be right and that uh, the Freedom Caucus will be uh, uh, appeased with some uh, strict rules preventing the uh, unmasking of Americans' identities in the course of consuming uh, uh, intelligence, uh, uh, which probably wouldn't be the end of the world, at least in my view. Uh, but it could be, it could be anything. Uh, I, I'm guessing they're reserving the right to uh, snipe at the baggage train from the hills for as long as they can. Yeah, this this may be uh, that very rare moment in history where I agree with you uh, <laughs> rather than depend on, on something. Um, you know, the, the fact that they are so lacking in specifics on, on what they want. Uh, Makes me wonder whether they're really going to go to the mat on this because we we don't know what they're going what what they would go to the mat on, and I think you're right they they, they may well just accept any sort of of fig leaf. Um, you know, ma- masking and unmasking is not the issue here. The, the issue is is whether there should be more constraints on the collection uh, of Americans' communications. Yeah, well, I, it's uh, uh, that I I I fear that. They're going to think it's easy and cheap to pick up uh, a, a, um, a statutory instantiation of the don't do about collection uh, uh, policy that NSA announced uh, a few uh, months ago. Uh, that that's always struck me as a bad idea, uh, even if politically expedient. Um, a, but now that it's been done in the way of Congress in this administration and the last really two, um, uh, saying, well, it's already policy, we're going to make it law, is a kind of cheap way out. Yeah, and I, I, I just find it hard to believe that anything, you know, that uh, granular would make it into, into law. It just gets too hard. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, uh, okay, um, speaking of NSA, they uh, and GCHQ, I believe, uh, both now are saying with some confidence, I think that NSA described it as moderate confidence, that WannaCry was actually written by North Korea. This is the uh, ransomware that uh, had everybody scared to death and turned out not to be uh, anywhere near the development that it was feared, partly because it was badly coded uh, 
uh, had a uh, a kill switch, a mistake kill switch uh, built in that somebody by mistake invoked that, that cut off a lot of the activity. Um, it, uh, Michael, uh, uh, what should we? What lessons should we draw if this really was North Korea? Um, well, one one lesson is. That- is it seems like the NSA just takes a lot longer to reach its conclusions than than the private uh, cybersecurity industry, which which told us this was likely North Korea a while ago. Not so um, long. Ago. There were there were people saying, uh, you know, yes, it might be, but it was it was a, it was a mixed bag. Uh, Semantic came out with a report maybe uh, ten days ago saying, yeah, we think it's North Korea. That was the first time it was really um, uh, somebody really stepped out and said. Uh, all of the forensic information points that way. I don't know. I I, I thought I, I remember seeing stuff on this week, weeks and weeks ago. But, there was uh, some. In any case, um, you know, I think North Korea is hard up for for hard currency, uh, and it, it would seem that this is just another uh, method that they have devised to try to gain access to, to hard currency. Um, but as you say, they you know they. The whole effort suffered uh, from from technical problems in the in the uh, instantiation of the of the um, uh, of the NSA worm into into you know something that could get cash, and then they also bollocks the the use of um, Bitcoin. So that even you know the meager amount, I think it was around one hundred forty thousand dollars in Bitcoin that they acquired, they apparently have not been able to cash in. Yeah, because uh, everybody knows where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what you know, just you know. They'll do anything for $140,000. It's kind of sad, right? Uh, they could make more money going on Indiegogo and begging. Yeah, it's, it's, it is remarkable, um, what they will do for hundreds of, I mean, obviously the intention here was to get more than 140000 but, but I think the, the general, uh, point is, is still right. They, they will go to great lengths to get millions of dollars, which, you know, for for a sovereign government doesn't that has nuclear weapons doesn't seem like a lot of money. So uh, but and, I think it just shows how desperate they are. Yeah, but I I think as with nukes and um, intercontinental ballistic missiles, uh, they've shown what they intend. Um, they aren't yet good at it. But if you want to know what their intent is, their intent is to cause maximum harm and hold hostage uh, everything they can hold hostage for as much money as they can get. Uh, and uh, uh, they're, uh, they're going to get better. So we should be thinking about what we can do to uh, 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 stop them uh, since we uh, – did such a poor job of stopping them on their nuclear program and an even worse job on their uh, missile program. Yeah, and one of the you know one of the problems here uh, is that their cyber warriors uh, largely operate outside of North Korea. Uh, many of them apparently are in China and, and other Asian countries um, where they can operate uh, more freely with better internet access, uh, give the government some uh, modicum of of plausible deniability, uh, and so stopping them uh, either requires the assistance of the countries where they're located, or it requires the willingness to do things that might uh, upset those countries. You know, if we if we take active measures to to shut down those North Korean hackers. Well, the um, you know so the biggest the, things a bit. the biggest victim of WannaCry was probably uh, uh, China. 
Um, and uh, that's also the country that's providing the safe haven for most of the operations. So, um, uh, but you know, they've they've long had the, that problem that they don't like what North Korea is doing. They just don't know how to stop it. But in this case, you would think they could just round everybody up and draft them into the People's Liberation Army, make them work for the Chinese instead. Um, but so far, they haven't done that. Yeah. All right. Um, we missed talking about Reality Winner, uh, and I, uh, I, I could could not resist because she managed to make a little news this week as well. Uh, this is the uh, the woman in Georgia who uh, uh, managed to be. Um, she leaked a bunch of uh, NSA material. Actually, one NSA memo that. Uh, didn't tell us much, but a little bit more about what the government knew about uh, uh, the Russians' uh, uh, attack on various parts of the electoral infrastructure. Uh, and she managed to be arrested within like three days of the article coming out, uh, a, a land speed record, uh, uh, partly because it took a while for The Intercept to release it, and partly because The Intercept was... Uh, bad enough at OPSEC that they uh, gave the government enough information to figure out who had uh, uh, printed out the, the documents. Uh, um, but, you know, what a bozo. You know, I, I think it turns out from the last time I looked at that she was actually arrested before the article came out. It's just that the press release about her uh, right. arrest came out um, shortly after the article. Um, and, you know, I think I think we should be upfront about why you really want to talk about this this whole matter, and it's because it makes the intercepts look so so bad. <laughs> oh, I can't help. I, I can't help enjoying this. this. this is, it's true. <laughs> no, known as the Putin sept in some quarters. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they do look bad. You're right. Uh, they look they look stupid, uh, which is not surprising. Uh, but these are the guys who said, no, no, the Russians and the Chinese could never get at our uh, trove of uh, documents from Edward Snowden because we're so good at security. It's And, and yet every step of the way, you know, the, the fact of the matter is she would have been arrested uh, quite speedily because of her own um, mistakes in, in providing uh, this information, printing it out and then mailing it, et cetera, et cetera, and then ultimately you know, uh, just admitting it in, in admitting her crime to the FBI in, a, in an interview. Um, but still, you know, it's got to make anyone who uh, is thinking about leaking, it's got to make them wonder whether the intercept is the, the right place to go as opposed to uh, WikiLeaks or the Washington Post or the New York Times or any number of other places. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, apparently, she did try the New York. No, actually, I don't know that. Uh, uh, but yes, but she she is a dingbat as the um, uh, as the latest story uh, uh, discloses. She apparently uh, also was not aware that uh, um, tapes are made of your phone conversations from jail. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the government, uh, in talking about whether to give her bail, said, uh, quoted her telling her, um, one of her relatives, uh, oh, I'm just gonna play the pretty white and cute card and braid my hair and cry a lot, uh, which sort of made it a little hard for her to 
play the pretty white and cute card. Um, uh, and uh, uh, then she said, you know, we uh, uh, we should tell people my life is in danger here. I'm going to go nuclear on them. Uh, I just sort of sad um, uh, uh, I, I, I will hesitate to uh, condemn an entire generation but it has a certain amount of uh, 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 snowflakey uh, um, uh, self uh, uh, admiring uh, uh, in it uh, um, but we're also hearing from the uh, uh, the the folks who oversee uh, DHS and OPM, uh, uh, both uh, the chairman Ron Johnson of the House Homeland Security Committee and uh, uh, the ranking member uh, Senator McCaskill, have sent a bunch of pretty tough questions to OPM, saying, "How the hell did this woman get a clearance?" Uh, and uh, uh, that I suspect is going to be have some interesting uh, blowback. Um, Michael, you've been through this, a bunch of the security clearance process a bunch of times, and you've had a lot of people leave you, uh, list you as a, uh, a reference. And what I find when I get those questions is they ask me the question and I say, oh, yeah, that was the scandal from 1994. Oh, yeah, that was a scandal from 1998. They ask questions designed to prevent them from making a mistake that everybody agreed was a mistake 20 years ago. Um, and I'm kind of wondering what the questions are going to be uh, to identify uh, the next reality winner or the next uh, uh, Edward Snowden. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think part of the problem is that they're uh, post 9-11, um, the, the uh, military and industrial complex or the, the intelligence industrial complex has grown so enormously. There are so many contractors who need clearances um, that it's it is just stretching the government's capability to to really do a, a good and thorough job on on background checks. It, it's just stretched it beyond the breaking point. Um, you, you never had the cream of the crop doing the, these these background investigations anyway, uh, and now you've got contractors doing the background investigations on other contractors. Um, so you know it, it's just no surprise to me that many many people make it through that process who then become uh, big problems. Um, I think the only the only uh, <laughs> unique thing about Reality Winner besides her name is that she wasn't a Booz Allen employee. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it, it's it's bizarre. I, I, she was apparently an enthusiastic uh, Facebook supporter of Bernie Sanders and a uh, uh, you know clearly a Trump hater, uh, which in retrospect makes it likely that she would want to leak stuff that uh, she thought would be harmful to the president. But, uh, boy, we've never done background checks on the assumption that if you really hate a president who's just been elected or was recently elected, you're a bad security risk. That's a... Uh, it's a little bit troubling as a as a principle, and yet uh, uh, I'm guessing that there's going to be a temptation to start looking very closely at how ag- aggressively people express their partisan sentiments on uh, uh, on social media. Yeah, boy, that would be a harmful uh, outcome if, if if that were the case. I can I can certainly see why this administration would want to start doing that, given the way they they feel about. Uh, leaks and, and their theories about some, some, uh, uh, maleficent deep state that's operating <laughs> on, 
you know, in the in the agencies. Yeah, I don't. I doubt they're going to get down to that level, but uh, uh, I don't think the White House is going to care what the questions are you ask for security clearances. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's going to be very hard for OPM to answer the, the questions that are going to be obvious when you say, "How can somebody who says these things still get?" A clearance, does that make sense? Uh, and uh, uh, that's going to lead to changes in the procedure that at least – I'm actually not sure that they do routinely look at people's social media. They're going to have to do that. And then the question is what's uh, the ki- what kind of thing can you say there uh, that will get you disqualified? Yeah. All right. And speaking of which, I, I mean, I can I only I will only note that the New York Times fell all over itself uh, in their Sunday magazine uh, to write uh, an achingly sympathetic story of Chelsea Manning and everything she's been through in her life uh, uh, and uh, had only a little to say about the possibility that a bunch of uh, Afghan um, information sources uh, uh, were uh, taken out and shot by the Taliban as a result of what she leaked. Uh, um, it, it, so the um, the canonization of leakers is still uh, uh, part of media culture here. Yeah, and you know, I, I think it. Given what you said, I think it's important also to to note that, in, in my view, at least, Donald Trump has gone a long way towards uh, fostering that process because he's made a lot of leakers into heroes. Because we're learning stuff that we otherwise wouldn't have learned about. Uh, you know. <laughs> Some really, really bad things that are going on uh, in our present administration. Yeah, and, and maybe it makes people leak who might not otherwise have leaked because they didn't think that you know other presidents were a unique threat to our our democracy. I never thought it was hard to get the FBI to leak, uh, and a lot of these feel like FBI type leaks uh, uh, from from various investigations uh, or. Um, counterintelligence or uh, uh, criminal or both, um, but uh, I don't know. I, I think that the leaks, the leaks. I think you're probably talking about, in my view, probably come from Congress. That I don't think be. they're coming from, from from Mueller. I think they're coming from people that that Mueller or the FBI have briefed on the Hill. Uh, well, that would be the the uh, traditional first suspect, uh, and uh, the FBI would be the traditional second uh, uh, suspect. Uh, but you're right. Uh, uh, the, the, this the determination to to persuade the permanent bureaucracy that they are the enemy, uh, um, which you know uh, was an unforced error on uh, uh, the president's part, uh, was. It was enthusiastically pressed by the outgoing Obama administration, but uh, 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 Trump did not have to uh, fall for that, uh, and he did. Uh, so, uh, yes, it, it has made people begin to think that uh, uh, leaking is their only recourse uh, in order to keep their investigations going. Um, all right, and for those of you who are following... Uh, uh, efforts to clamp down on the trade in exploits and vulnerability. The BBC did a really big story on uh, uh, another European uh, company, this time a Danish company now owned by uh, BAE, uh, that provided tools to collect information on uh, a 
various users of cell phones uh, uh, and sold it to you know a who's who of uh, Arab threatened Arab gar- governments uh, across the Middle East, uh, um, uh, and then there are the usual calls for tougher export controls. The Danes approved the deal, uh, the export, uh, so it did go through export controls. But uh, um, the BBC is arguing that it was a a bad idea by the Danes and that the British never would have approved it. So we'll see continuing efforts in Europe to uh, um, toughen export controls on uh, exploits used by by governments. Anything else, Michael? Anthony? No, I was just going to mention that in addition to that that, um, BBC article about the the, um, BAE surveillance tools, there was the, uh, I think, New York Times article about uh, tools apparently used by the Mexican government to go after yes. reporters and political dissidents. So I think there, there's just a lot of attention to this issue um, uh, that's, that's coming up now. And it's going to be interesting how that affects companies that make, make this and whether it makes them less willing to, to sell to uh, foreign governments. Yeah, I've, 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 I've gotten into that from time to time. And, and the problem is uh, if you – uh, it's very hard to come up with objective standards. Uh, do you only sell to uh, uh, people who are U.S. allies and who get uh, um, assistance for their intelligence and law enforcement services uh, from the government? Well, you're going to be selling to a whole bunch of, of, of uh, governments that will be portrayed badly. Um, I think that the Tunisians, the Moroccans got this stuff. Uh, uh, Mexico is a close ally, and we give them boatloads of law enforcement uh, uh, assistance. Uh, even if you said, oh, we're only going to give it to NATO uh, partners, uh, you're you're stuck with Turkey. Um, so I, I, I'm just not sure you can come up with a set of standards unless you say, really, we're only going to give it to people who speak English. Uh, uh, you're, you're not likely to end up... Uh, Sure that you won't be the uh, the recipient of a, a story like this. Yep. All right. Uh, uh, thanks very much to uh, Michael Vadis and Anthony Rappa. That this has been episode 170 of the Steptoe Cyber Law Podcast, brought to you by Steptoe and Johnson. If you've got suggestions for people we ought to interview, uh, uh, we will send you a Steptoe Cyber Law Podcast mug if your uh, uh, suggestion ends up on the uh, podcast. So send those to cyberlawpodcast at steptoe.com. Uh, coming up, we're going to have Rick Leggett, who has uh, begun to make a name for himself as a relatively outspoken former NSA deputy director uh, and the co-chair of a defense science board uh, uh, panel on uh, deterrence in cyberspace, Jim Miller. Uh, bear in mind, as August approaches, we will be taking the month of August off starting July 31, um, uh, uh, just because, uh, well, I, I thought it would be uh, nice to have July 31 off. Uh, and then we'll come back after Labor Day uh, uh, full of enthusiasm. We hope you will join us then as we once again provide insights into the latest events in technology, security, privacy, and government. 